Ladies and gentlemen, Crystal Clear Industries, in association with Rhinestone Radio Podcasts, is proud to present Old Hollywood Realness. Brought to you in vibrant podcastoscope for your listening pleasure. Join your hosts Kathleen Null and Philip Estrada as they recap Hollywood's dazzling darlings one film at a time. And now, please sit back, relax, and enjoy the program. Oh my goodness, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back. (laughs) Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to Old Hollywood Realness. This is the podcast that celebrates all the glitz and glamour of Tinseltown's golden era. Correct. Um, <laughs> I'm Philip Estrada. <laughs> I'm Kathleen Nall. I love doing the Gloria Swanson voice. It's like one of it's not the real um, Gloria Swanson. I feel like it's that kind of character, like a Norma it's Desmond. A yeah, it's a Norma Desmond like <laughs> adjacent character, you know. She's she's a little bit Catherine Hepburn, but she sees things and she feels things and she's she's also very like, you know, the the pictures are still big I'm still big, it's the pictures that got small. <laughs> you know. She exits all room and side profile. Pretty much. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, yeah, everything's a surprise. And that pin, that like beautiful lighting across the eyes, you know? <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, I was going to say, have you ever checked? I love watching the old or the interviews with Gloria Swanson in like the 70s when she's like older because she looks amazing, first of all. But yeah. she's so wise and really refined and really funny. So I, I've, yeah, I've I really, to I do need to. Oh God, that would be amazing. We should totally put her autobiography on like the, um, on the, tele- the, you know, the OHR book club list. Well, it'll just go in my Amazon bucket for now. And then maybe yes. I'll, I'll get you and me a copy so we can, uh, because I, I, it's, it seems like it's, she talks a lot about it's, I, I hear it's, I hear good things. I'll is just it juicy? It is it yes. juicy? Girl. Yes, <laughs> it's it is. So, it's a cup and a half. It's so juicy. It's got Kennedy juice in there. Oh, right. I forgot. Which, wait, was she, was she fucking Joe Kennedy? Was she the the dad, right? right? Mm -hmm, The dad, Daddy Joe. And he fucked her financially and physically. Mm, La juicy. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Escandalo, as it will. But she got it back. It's all good. She's Gloria Swanson. Good for her. Yeah. She's Gloria Swanson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't fuck with her. Yeah. She's four foot eleven, and she is not fucking around. <laughs> oh my tall, god! Sorry. Wow, we took a deep dive on Gloria Swanson. Uh, um, yeah. It's probably because sorry, well, right? Um, but the, I think the reason that is because of my because of my new apartment, which you get to see pretty soon because uh, yeah. you're coming to visit me. Yeah, reunited. <laughs> um, because this apartment is, I've been referring to it as my um, my uh, Sunset Boulevard apartment because it's so big and cloying, and I just putter oh. around in my dressing gown and my and my houseman writes me love letters to make me think I that heard I'm you still refer famous. To it as something else. But, uh, well, well, <laughs> You said my panty dropper apartment. <laughs> well, it is a, well, it's a panty dropper, but you know, in the meantime, I'm still tottering around like a faded old movie star who's living in her heyday. <laughs> uh, I believe that is goals well, <laughs> for I mean, many of us. You know, you do what you, you do. One does what one can. <laughs> right? Yeah. Goodness. Um, now that um, now that we're finished with uh, Gloria Swanson corner, we can focus <laughs> on the task at hand, right? 
Yeah. Uh, so since we're um, not really a theme for this one that much, though, um, but one second, hold on. Well, I mean, it, first of all, it's a great pick for fall. Cause I yes, think it, it is. It, you oh, know. The clothing on its own are so beautiful. Like, so yes. we're, we're talking oh my God, about, timeless. we're talking about charade. From 1960, that was I was gonna say. In England, this movie's called Charade. <laughs> <laughs> it's 1963. It's a Universal Studios joint. Um, it is also um, it's uh, de- directed by Stanley Donen. So mm-hmm. this is actually when we mind our fans and listeners for um, movie suggestions. This was suggested by Bethany. Um, Barnson. I apologize. I'm pronouncing that weird. Barnson. B-A-R-N-T-H-S-O-N. So, Bethany, thank you so much for this recommendation. Yes, thank you. It's really good to have this. So, when we are strapped for ideas, we can always turn to you pals to give us what we mm-hmm. need for making these movies. So, charade, as it were. Um, this movie, is, as I said, was 1963 and directed by Stanley Donen. Uh, who do we have here? We got Cary Grant as Peter Joshua, Audrey mm-hmm. Hepburn as Regina Lampert, uh, Walter Matthau as Hamilton Bartholomew, a.k.a. Carson Dial, uh, James Coburn as Tex. We got George Kennedy as Herman Scobie, Dominique Minot as Sylvie, um, Ned Glass as Leopold um, Gideon. And then we also have uh, Thomas Klemensky as Jean-Louis, the little kid. So <laughs> the costumes in this movie were um, credited for uh, Audrey Hepburn's gowns by Givenchy. Um, so we had Hubert de Givenchy, the master designer of the late 50s and 60s, wh- right. who also had a, a long-standing tradition of do- working with Audrey Hepburn. So, mm-hmm. But it was funny. I was looking around to try and find if there was more information on the costume designer outside of um, Givenchy, and there isn't anything listed. I had the same issue. And yeah. I, I just was like, well, it must be like Universal Studio, like stock clothes for I everyone guess. else. But, but they I'm, filmed all of this on location in mm-hmm. Europe, so... So um, I did. I do know uh, at that time because I've I've read about um, uh, well certain people who um, have d- who did TV shows and stuff at that time. Even bigger named actors would often use their own clothes. So, so they would. Um, so I wondered if like at least with maybe the female roles, if they were like things that they brought to the set and were like cure. They basically like kind of pick them out and they'll steam them, get them all ready for them and everything. But like they will use their own clothing yeah. um, or maybe they had rental stock. I mean, it's, they were filming in Europe, so I'm sure their access I mean, to amazing suits <laughs> was, yes. uh, was, was there. Um, and then of course the little boy had these wonderful, uh, uh tiny looks that, um, oh with God, his little that, sweaters and stuff that like that, kid, which though, was so cute. I could not, handle that little kid he was uh, so a lot of people feel that way weird a lot of people feel that way <laughs> and yeah. i was looking at the imdb trivia and apparently his voice was um dubbed by a french woman so really? that's kind of why he sounded a little weird and like he like <laughs> he's he felt like the whole time i was watching it i'm like is that child haunted or something like, i don't understand the voice he was like hello hello audrey Hepburn. i am here and i am a child with an adult voice <laughs> it was so weird really? you know i i read an article um i found an article i think it was vanity fair that wrote it and it was an interview with him because he's now oh, really? um yeah he's now a doctor like a professor Ooh. and he lives in america he and but at the time he and his parents were american 
but they were living in Europe at the time, and it was, huh. um, and it was his first and only like major movie that he ever did. He was this one-off kid. Wow. I think he'd maybe done a little theater of something after that, but but like that was his one thing. He was his first time ever doing anything like that. Hmm. His parents brought him to the set, and they didn't make a big deal about it. They're like, oh, there's just this thing. You're gonna meet some people, and they were looking specifically for a kid with uh who could speak english with a french accent and that's what he was he was uh, he was uh he said like oh his parents they, they went to europe for one summer and stayed for like 22 years <laughs> so oh. it was so he was this little like kid being raised by americans in france and mm. um so i didn't know that his voice was dubbed because it sounds like he they they looked for like almost like a thousand kids or something and he he was he was the p- picked out of all these children Huh. Um, to do this, yeah. so um, it, was... But it was really cool. I'll, just, I'll send you the link to it. It was this interesting little um, interview that they had done, and he still um, he said every he still gets fan letters or he'll oh, get requests sure. for autographs a few times a year. But he lives I, I, somewhere in the middle of America, and he's a college professor, and oh, wow. it's like That's cool. the most random thing. Yeah, <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. I would but not he had have really imagined. fond memories of working with people, and of course, he said Audrey Hepburn was a fine lady who reminded him of his mother. So Aww, I thought that was cute. That's so sweet. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's interesting, uh, Kathleen. So, what is, do you have a history with Charade, Charade, Charade? You know I, I have not. I had never no? seen this movie, and I was, huh. and I'm really surprised because I love Alfred Hitchcock movies, and I've. I feel like I've seen most of Audrey Hepburn's films, mm-hmm. and um, and I say Alfred Hitchcock because this feels very much like it is an Alfred Hitchcock it's movie. It's Hitchcock-esque. Um, but but yeah, at the same time, it has uh, the cinematography, the the camera work. It's similar but different, and then it's got the Henry Mancini score on top of it. Which, yes, again, I mean, it just it, it feels very like Hitchcock always had wonderful music as well, and so it, with his stories and. Um, anyway, so yeah, it, it feels, and it, that's in reading and researching, it said that this was sort of like the greatest film that Hitchcock never made. You know, that's how it's kind of described. But, right, uh, but yeah, yeah, I had no experience with this, and I'm so glad you picked it because, um, or, you know, it was suggested, I guess, yes. and we confirmed it. Bethany, uh, because, Bethany, good old Bethany, coming through with the hot, with the hot yeah, tips. <laughs> because um, just to let everybody know, it is, if you have Amazon Prime, it's available for streaming yes. um, for free. And then it's also on YouTube. Some mm. lovely soul put it on there as well. Yeah. Um, so it's very accessible for us all to watch. Yeah. And on it, the, it's, um, it's a, on the yeah. Amazon Prime tip, though, if you there are two versions on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. There's um, one that is that is pan and scan, and then there's another that's actually the letterbox version, wide the widescreen yes. one. Make sure you're watching the widescreen one. It's a better it's a better quality actually too. Yes. So they, I, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you if you look it up, there's two of them. Um, it actually has it's a closer photo of Audrey and because um, the the icons are different. The, if it has mm-hmm. like the swirly arrow one. That's the lesser quality. So go for the one that doesn't have that as the icon because that's a better quality one. And it's the full widescreen one. So, Ooh, you know, hot sweet. tip. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good one. That I, Yeah. Because I don't think otherwise you really wouldn't know the difference. <laughs> yeah. You'd just be like, oh, I guess they didn't clean this one up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So I, what was your experience with this movie? Um, I'd seen it a couple of times. I caught, I think I caught it on TCM. May, not, but maybe less than 10 years ago for the first time. And I enjoy, thoroughly enjoyed it. And, um, mm-hmm. I, you know, so, and this is sort of, this was nice to see again, like, cause I loved, I, this is a really great period for Audrey Hepburn personally, because oh my gosh. I think she, yeah. lo- this, she looked 
stunning in this movie. Like she really yeah. did look just, I mean, this is 63. So, um, charade came out in 63 break uh, breakfast. At Tiffany's came out in 61. So two years earlier, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then my fair lady came out a year later, which was actually really mm-hmm. amazing. So this is sort of like her, um, these few years, like 61 to 64, were probably like her, the ones where she looked amazing. Um, mm-hmm. And then like How to Stay at Steal a Million was actually pretty good too in 66. So I think that there's this was kind of like really refined. Her makeup and hair in this movie I were straight stunning. Like just she... You could roll out today in anything she's wearing. Oh and my like, God. Look, why are, you, are you going to something fancy? But yeah. you wouldn't think like dated. And it's, it literally was just the eye. It was just the way they mm-hmm. did her eye makeup because she had very little as far as like lip and um, you know, bone like like this like her you know blush and stuff wasn't overly done in her high, high shadow. Mm-hmm. There was some like dark like uh, like smoky shadow on the actual lid, but mostly it was just mm-hmm. like very strong eyeliner game and very yep. very strong false eyelash game. <laughs> but, oh my god! I yeah, mean, but her, she, her eyebrows are perfect. Like, oh and then god, little, I would kill for her eyebrows. I love that lip color. It's like a nude coral and yeah. they didn't overpaint her lips and they're not like glossy or shiny. It's just, yeah, mm-hmm. her, her makeup palette. It just, I, I could, I kept staring. Like it was yeah. so distracting in a beautiful way. You're, it's so inspiring. Like that makeup you could wear any person could put that yeah. on and just look like a amazing. slightly it's tinted just, lip and yeah. like just like makeup uh, 101 it's yeah just, she had and the, the basic, way that contouring yeah. of her face and just God. oh i mean and first of all she's also stunning <laughs> like she's just a stunning, yeah. stunning woman um I, i'm pretty sure people get plastic surgery to have a jaw and chin look, that look God. like audrey hepburn's natural jaw yeah. and chin. like know, you know what i, I mean know I it's did. just <laughs> It's a work in progress, Kathleen. Okay? Just because I don't look like her now doesn't mean I won't in the future. It's transitioning. I'm on a payment plan. (laughs) I got Audrey's face on layaway. (laughs) Girl, I think a lot of people have Audrey's face on layaway. I would not Mm -hmm. be surprised if people took pictures of her from that movie to a plastic surgeon were like, so a little of this and a little of that, please. You know, because... She really does have a face that I can see people wanting to have, <laughs> like yes. going, "Can you just make my eyes like a little bit like this and my sh- jaw a little more shaky?" Yeah. Like they do and, that. Like I think that I think <laughs> it's so funny. It's such a weird. It's not a weird scene, but it's such a brief scene that there's a scene where the um after uh, after uh, Gideon gets killed, the second uh-huh. guy gets murdered, and uh, the inspector comes to see her and uh, Cary Grant, and they're in their pajamas, and she's. By the way, full eye makeup. Full makeup. <laughs> but she's in her pajamas and her hair is like in a ponytail. I'm like, ponytail. she's stunning in pajamas. Like, she is I, I, stunning. I want those but pajamas. I, but I was just like, oh, so someone didn't wipe off that eyeliner before she went to bed. And by the way, no crusties, not any bit of running, not nothing from sleeping. She just looks Dude, you've like, seen The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. You know how that shit yes, works. You, do, don't, yeah. you make sure that you're always full makeup ready before the man gets up. That's exactly. how it goes. That's, you know. It's, as they say, the women's curse. It's her lot in life. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, yeah. So uh, the costumes in this movie, though. So really, the fo- big focus on this movie is gonna have to be Audrey Hepburn because of the fact that it's mm-hmm. um, Uber Uber de Givenchy. Um, yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is pronounced Givenchy. It's French, if you will. It's not Givenchy. Um, 
So, yeah. Uh, and it's Uber, not Herbert. <laughs> yes. Um, and or, we will pronounce it that way out of respect. We're not trying to get all uppity and shit, but, you know, being American, we are trying though. to be respectable. A little uppity. A little uppity. I won't be thrown around, I won't be thrown around croissant because I feel like a douche when I say it that way. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah. So um, Givenchy and her began their um, began their, I guess you could say, partnership in '54 uh, mm-hmm. with Sabrina. So basically, they sent her over to Paris to get um, when she was working on that movie to get some looks for it. And she, mm-hmm. when he, she showed up. The le- the legend goes that she walked in and Givenchy was like, "Who are you?" And she said, mm-hmm. "I'm Audrey Hepburn." And he's like, "No, you're not." And she's like, yes, I am. And he's like, oh. And then he's like, he didn't believe her. And then then he was like, oh, I was thinking Catherine. (laughs) So he was very, (laughs) apparently he was quite disappointed that she wasn't Catherine Hepburn because that would have been a big coup for him to have someone such an icon icon Mm -hmm. wearing his clothes. But they ended up kept performing. Literally, you know, he'd be making one. Yes. (laughs) Woo! <laughs> He's just ca- starting from scratch. The caffeine's <laughs> kicking in, girl. I'm going full Lil Richard. So uh, yeah, so they were so they ended up becoming fast friends and they worked together really mm-hmm. well. I mean, and she has a stunning figure for like even in '54, she, like, she was much younger, but she came from a ballet background, as you know, mm-hmm. the whole story goes and all that. So she has that. She just knows how to wear clothes and she knows how to move in them. So it ended up mm-hmm. becoming a very great partnership. So they worked very, they worked together on a lot of movies. Um, let me see if I have the details on her. So yeah, so they worked um, from Sabrina. They did. Uh, mm-hmm. They worked together on uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's. They did um, How to Steal a Million, which the looks in that movie are stunning. Like yes. just oh my god. The I mean the lace across the eyes. I mean. I know. How I know. like so good. do. Do we have another hour to talk about that? Like, get out of here. Um, uh, yeah, so they, so it was like a longstanding tradition, and they worked together a lot on things like that. But also, Givenchy ended up dressing a lot of people um, for, you know, various events. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so it was interesting. His career seemed, I mean, hey, not for nothing. Like, he was his his family was connected like for god's sakes his father was a marquee um yeah. and you know they were doing okay and they had plenty of money so then he when he started his own house he started his own house in when did it say in 52 he started his own house so um not too shabby for someone who's in his 25 so someone who's 25 basically yeah um put your money where your mouth is right yeah put your parents money where your mouth is (laughs) exactly i mean i'd love to see more of these assholes that got parents money do something like that (laughs) yeah (laughs) you got money do something with it damn yeah, fucking do something. Give I want to see you fail you. miserably. <laughs> <laughs> or not. Or prove or everyone not. wrong. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's an interesting... And then he worked um, for several years, you know, many, many years, and then he eventually, um, you know, he ended up working for most of his life. It says the... Um, it doesn't really say when he retired, because I know at one point he did... Um, oh, in 95, he... Uh, Retired from the Jeez, fashion design in '95, right. and he undi- I mean, he ended up dying only in 2018 at the age of 91 years old. Oh wow! So I mean, he had uh, 13 years of, you know, or not 13 years, 20, 23 years of 
retirement. So that's nice. And then Givenchy was then um, head, headed by John Galliano before he ended up going to Dior. And then after that, it was mm. Alexander McQueen. So, um, and then they've had some other people, but, you know, uh, in most recently, Ricardo Tisci. So, you know. That's been fun. <laughs> uh, I do remember when uh, uh, Alexander McQueen is the, was at um, Givenchy, and it was like a whole thing. Like it was apparently it was amazing. a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Which, by the way, the McQueen documentary, if you haven't seen that yet, oh uh, yeah. my God. That yeah. one was like ugh, weeping the entire time. It's so beautiful and sad at the same time. Um, yeah, very much. I think it, what he did for Givenchy was sort of similar to how, what Carl Lagerfeld did for Chanel, where it was like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, you just associate this with like little old ladies in your dresses, and then they really blew it up. And they well, made but it, that was like a golden you know. age of haute couture, though, if you think about it yes. in that era, because yes. what he was designing, um, so he was just, McQueen was designing for for Givenchy in 2001 to 2004 Galliano was mm-hmm. designing for Dior at the same time and then also That's Karl true. Lagerfeld was designing for Chanel all at the same time I mean he continued up until mm. his death but you know that was like that was like four years or three or four years was like kind of a, like the stuff that was coming out of those houses I know. was it was performance just art like, it was truly oh my god it was st- like yeah like dropped it. I mean, that was like a a time capsule of fashion that just did, didn't happen. Hasn't happened again. So, um, yeah, it's kind of, it was, it was kind of like the last real burst of that. Like, cause I think of like the nineties when you had like Versace and you had a lot of that, like, Mm -hmm. um, uh, or, uh, I'm sorry, like Terry Mugler and things like that. Like, like the classic, Mm -hmm like 90s supermodel era, you know, when they were doing, you know, it's like, hi, I'm going to roll out in this, like, you know, uh, motorcycle bustier, you know, shit like that, like that, that kind of, I don't know. Uh, oh my gosh! Sorry, where where are we again? I, just, I know, <laughs> but it was just interesting. <laughs> sorry, a little things. side tangent yeah. on Ogator, but um, yeah. Anywho, so uh, back to you know back to charade. Um, I mean, the clothes in this movie for Audrey were kind of were super amazing. Like she, yeah. I, I love that she um, goes home to that apartment and it's all bare and empty and everything's gone, including all of her clothes. And oh then she God. moves into a hotel, but then somehow she has like a full wardrobe <laughs> and she yeah. was on, I guess maybe what was like, were those clothes she was wearing at the ski chalet? Like, I don't understand. Where did well, she get yes, these they, clothes? They brought her trousseau over. Remember she had the big luggage. She had oh her my, Louis Vuitton she luggage. She had the Louis Vuitton trunk. <laughs> That was just enough, just enough to just get to the film. Yes. The way she had a new outfit every single day, <laughs> evening yes. wear and casual wear. Oh my God. But timeless elegance. That is the best Jesus, way to describe. Yeah. I mean, her hair, like everything about her was just pure elegance. Good Lord. Uh, you know, the pearl earrings, the, the really, you know, like the, just the clean um, hairstyle, like with it's kind of beehive bouffant, but like not too much. And then and, the hats um, that all the sat hats, over the hair on the back that, of the head. Yes. And, the, and everything had almost, you know, what it reminded it almost had like, especially the, the hats in the, that had like the point at the back. They looked like Pope hats. I almost had like an ecclesiastical Mm-hmm. Uh, vibe to it you know and, and especially i think the it beginning was coming... when she's wearing like the wimple with the pointy hat it was almost like a 
like yeah. a nun, like a nun pope situation. I don't know. I'm, as a recovering the one of the, Catholic, the I one of the chalet, so the, the one of the yes. chalet where she had almost yeah. like a balaclava in a way. It was like yes, cool. she almost looked like a like a cloister, like a cloistered nun or something. Like, but you know, eleganza mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> category is yes, exactly. Nun, really. And then she had there was also the one that she was wearing with the red jacket that had almost like an egg shape to it, and actually yes. had like interesting seams to where she was almost looked like she was wearing a giant baseball on her head. I was gonna say but, you mean the baseball hat? Yes, yes. They, the seams. But it was almost like it was almost it was almost space agey in that pre yes. sort of Paco Rabin way where it was like kind of leading up to what Paco Rabin did for Barbarella and all of that stuff and like and then all that sort of like Jets, or, Jetsons fashion yeah. that happened with Rudy Gunrick and all of that stuff. So this see, is you see early that, but I, when I see that I see like I guess because of her I, I see like Italian Renaissance or like medieval like right which is all kind of yeah kind of things yeah I think that that's what but, kind of was inspired by but this was like kind of yeah. leading up to that because these it silhouettes is. are very much too they're all kind of like a line they fit over the bust but then they a line mm-hmm. out from the from the you know from right underneath the bust and stuff so you have those kind of looks and even her ski chalet look was actually like a little teeny tiny you know triangle but it was very futuristic but, kinda, it was yeah. futuresque, but not like it was it yeah. was so beautiful it was actually really that first of all that outfit that she's like the opening scenes of that where she's wear eating while wearing mittens which I was just like I don't even I know. know how that works um because she's not really eating philip there's all like through the whole thing she's like i'm hungry oh just kidding i'm like you're a bitch you know you didn't eat that yeah you didn't eat that <laughs> you, you skinny cunt <laughs> <laughs> i mean even there was a part of like i so like when they're on the thing and she's like i'm starving and i'm like girl what you eating and she's like putting stuff on the plate i'm like what is that is that meat and then she's like and then she immediately loses her appetite yeah yeah <laughs> I do think it was funny though that the joke was is that anytime she's like stressed or something she eats like and it's just like yeah and like even when she meets Walter Matthau in the beginning he, she's like he's like I got some sandwiches do you want it and she's like no and then he tells her her husband's like um was like a yeah. lying to her and was a spy and all this stuff and she's like can I have a sandwich yeah <laughs> <laughs> That was pretty funny. Yeah. She's but, funny. I, honestly, her comic timing in here was pretty great. I, really I have good. to say. Like, it was very, like, it was, like, low-key comedy. She was really good with, like, the facial expressions. And, like, her eyes would bug out at the right time yes. like, with certain things. Like, it was very, very, she was... She was so like classy and funny. It was yeah. great. So. I did love though that she was actually like kind of um she was kind of like a horny broad too, which was yes, like I she love was it. The, Get a girl. I know. She was the one that was like really pushing for her. She was trying to get that Cary Grant D real hard. She was just like, You wanna come into my bedroom? You should come into my bedroom. Have you seen my bedroom? You should come into my bedroom. You wanna <laughs> look the bed's right there. What are we doing about this bed here? It's just like, damn girl. <laughs> Someone well, I, needs I, to I'm get sure you fucked. Read this too, like, <laughs> I think that it was either I, think, I believe it was Cary Grant who actually asked them to rewrite it originally and he was supposed to be pursuing her oh. but because of the age difference it would have been was, yeah right like I think he turned like 59 or 60 years old while they were filming the movie and so uh-huh. there was about I wouldn't say at least a 25 year age difference which yes. happens but like he was already like dude dude I was reading that look. too I don't want to be I'm going to be creeping I don't want to be the one creeping on her like it you know and I think it's actually it was a brilliant move because um, first of all Audrey handled that beautifully but she it did. was like it gave her that agency of like no like I I like you know I love this dude and I liked that he was constantly kind of making little jokes he was very Harrison Ford about it through the whole thing right like, like just 
that older, slightly exasperated silver fox where he's like, oh, do you really want this old this old man in front of you, standing in front of you? It's just like, yes, bitch, yes, I do. You know? Yes. <laughs> and I love that. <laughs> um it's funny because um, this they were they were saying in the um, IMDb trivia that they there is a twenty five year age difference, but apparently there was other movies while that were had a worse age difference while he was oh, even yeah. younger. So you're yeah. like, okay, yeah. So he was just like this again. Like I love I it. Know. He's just like, guys. But Guys, they did they did that like, to her too, where she was always with paired like when even always. when she was in Funny Face, she was paired against like um, Fred Astaire, and Fred Astaire looked so old in that movie, and that's like what bothers yes. me so much about that movie. And I know that people love that movie, and, and I get it. Yeah, it's just like she's always paired against these super old dudes, and you're just like, guys, and, come on. Well, and you know what the interesting thing is? Thing they're always trying to make her into something, even like Eliza Doolittle, even yeah. Even in, like, oh yeah, he's so old. Always, they're always like she's the gamine that they're and they're always pursuing her like they're pursuing yeah. her and making her into this beautiful refined lady well guess yeah. what bitch she's already a beautiful refined lady and she's like i want that one <laughs> i like yeah. that she's like different like that's a different vibe in this movie um in, in charade um so yeah like i i thought that too it's like she's always kind of put against these older guys but mm-hmm. i like how the tables were turned in this narrative and it 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 made it more palpable i think yeah like even though it's like a lot of this was still sort of the saccharine classic old hollywood of like let's end this with marriage i mean that was like jesus like i think they could have cut that out it would have been okay but i was just like the end where it was just like well we're gonna get married i'm like really like you guys don't know each other they could have lived in sophisticated sin for the rest of their lives yeah in paris you could do it (laughs) yeah you know you don't need to do that you could have just had that fabulous apartment the two of you i know right God, that apartment! Oh, that apartment! Jesus, age. She just kept opening closet after closet, and I was I like, oh, "To have so many closets, it's and it all, looks like you live in Marie Antoinette's apartment." Like, I know it's all like pre Art Nouveau. It's like like older than Art Nouveau, and you're just like, "It's so beautiful." It's full on Rococo, like oh, it's just God. like this open 18th century style apartment with like which, 30 when foot we say apartment, We really mean mansion. It's a one yeah. story mansion on a yes. floor yeah. of a building. <laughs> it's like oh Jesus age. It's like oh yeah, to be to be that yeah. rich. <laughs> yeah, oh my those God. doors where like the doorknobs in the center of the door. Yes, like, and it's like at you know boob. It's like at boob height. You know, it's like so high. <laughs> well, maybe the waist height for me and for Audrey, it's like at boob height. So. Yeah. <laughs> She's like jumping up to get the doorknob. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! But even that hotel, though, the hotel was gorgeous too. It was like kind of quirky and fun. Oh, All the rooms, like the rooms, yes. had like weird, like slanted walls that didn't make any sense. Like nothing was at a right angle. Like it was so cute. I love it. It's like it's an old house or something that had been yeah. converted into a hotel. It was really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I loved it. I, it was such a great little peek into like you know what Europe or what Paris would have looked like in the early sixties. And, um, mm-hmm. I felt like watching the movie, I, I really got a strong Mad Men vibe from it where I'm like, Oh, oh man, yeah. this must've been a heavy, heavy influence, just costuming and makeup and hair. Like I, I felt like, especially when they're at the scene where they're at the UN and she's doing her little job, like, um, being a translator and you yeah. see the other gals in the booth and they're all, they all look like they could have just walked off the set of Mad Men. You exactly. know what I mean? Like that just, and I love, that was such an excellent time for like ladies going to work wear, mm-hmm. <laughs> like the dresses, yeah. the hair, everything was just like, 
talk about dress for success. Like, you're just like, dude, I don't know where you go in executive lady. And she's like, oh, I'm a secretary. I'm like, you look a million, you look like a million dollars. Executive lady. Roll into work for like $2 an hour, like looking like know, a movie right? star. I need to get a nameplate for my desk that says Philip Estrada, executive lady. <laughs> well, Christmas is yeah. all I'm saying, Christmas. It's going to be that like a real, about the wood one with that plaque like printed on it, like the cheap one. I think it'd be like, great the if it's, it's, it's something like Liberace and then we cross it off and it's just Philip Estrada. <laughs> <laughs> Liberace wannabe. Um, <laughs> not. It's coming disciple. along, people. Like- it's happening. Get on board. <laughs> get on board or get out of the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, well, this, I mean, this movie, We. I, I mean, I can talk about the storyline for this movie. Um, sure. Full disclosure, I wasn't able to write my recap. Hey, <laughs> Work has been right. nuts. So, um, guys, check out this movie. It's it's so. Easy if to you have not line. seen this movie, it's really fu- it's a fun watch. It's really fun. The um, the yeah, comedy truly. in it. It's kind of it's a thriller, but it's also comedic. Um, but it had mm-hmm. and the and the co- comedy is actually like kind of. Uh, kind of subtle it's not overt mm-hmm. but then no I mean, no that, and the camera work and the cinematography yeah. works is, is beautiful it's like and quirky and fun and like really kind of takes you along on the journey it's very mm-hmm. distinctive and then of yeah. course the henry mancini score so yeah i mean the the the, or, the 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 citrus fruit game alone was probably the funniest thing <laughs> i've seen in such a long time just seeing just seeing carrie grant gyrating all over a fat woman who's not into it is kind of amazing I like I just love that she's just like this bigger woman and she's just standing there being like not I don't know that the premise was that she didn't understand what was happening or she just wasn't she just wasn't on board with this so she's like I'm just doing as little as possible and he had to do all the work to try and get transfer this orange from that, her neck to his neck it never laughed so hard in my life <laughs> oh my god no that whole scene was super funny you know it's funny that actually reminded me of a story a slight sidebar sure the the kid that they interviewed um he told this great story of i guess the hotel they were staying at for the filming had this like like a breakfast buffet in the morning and he was uh, so they're all in line getting breakfast and one of the guests he overheard one of the guests at the hotel was this older lady was like oh that's so strange that man over there just looks just like Cary Grant you know like it's just and then somebody whispered and be like actually that is Cary Grant and she fainted in the fucking buffet line because (laughs) (laughs) that's dude that's the kind of effect Cary Grant had on women okay if you just you just you know you just your mind acknowledged you're in the same room with him and you just lose consciousness like that is how fucking sexy he was (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and how repressed women were. <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway, so but yeah, that that scene was funny. And then how weird was it that they they took that boat ride on the Seine? And uh-huh. I'm mispronouncing that. That's okay. And right. And at some point, they turn off all the lights. And oh my god! Yes. Section and they they spotlight all these people who are like making out on makeout row. That was yeah. and like ha oh, ha ha! Look at that! You know, like that was that was like a feature of their ride. I know. It was that. like let's go swing by makeout point and see what the action's happening. And then some yeah. people went. Some people would look over and then just continue making out. And you're like, oh my god! Was, <laughs> like they're just like. 
like literally the lights go off everybody gets up out of their seats in the middle of their meals and just goes to gawk at these people making out it's the weirdest thing france if the paris is the city of love and you know it's sometimes you want to watch other people make love to get you in the amorous mood you know yeah is that the the voyeur the voyeur voyeur. special (laughs) yes exactly Um, yeah, so, I mean, they're, they're playing by their own set of rules there. Paris is is doing some things. Oh, Oh, goodness. Oh, God. Uh, Anyway, sorry. Continue. No problem. I haven't even started. (laughs) Okay, so, you can help me along with this one, too, because Uh, I'm kind of making up as we go along. So, um, so, Audrey Hepburn, as I was saying, plays Regina Lampert. So, the movie starts out in the ski chalet, which was an amazing ski chalet. I can't oh wait to God. be that rich and go ski chaleting. And she's come to the conclusion that she's going to have to get a divorce from her husband. And she's talking to her best friend, um, Sylvie, played by Dominique Minot. And they're having the conversation about, um, you know, the divorce from her husband, Charles, and all this stuff. And that's when they end up meeting this American dude, played by Cary Grant. His name is Peter Joshua. They just kind of have like a quick, um, you know, Hello, sort of like a flirt back and forth session. I thought that that, her banter in the beginning was really funny, though. I love that, where she's like, I know so many people. I don't think I have another room for someone else. I don't have any room for you unless someone dies. And he's like, well, let me know when someone hits the critical list. (laughs) (laughs) It was good. The writing was great. They gave some great dialogue. Yes. So she um, goes, so they... They're going back home, and then so she gets back to her apartment, and like we said, the apartment is completely bare and empty, and her husband is nowhere to be found, and she doesn't know what's going on. So then she, um, this guy, um, play, um, Hamilton Bartholomew, played by Walter Matthau, shows up, and he... Um, Right. Anyway, she's summoned to the yes. U.S. Embassy, um, yes. and then so she goes, and her um, the the guy tells her that her husband has been murdered, and that. Um, Oh, right. No, the the inspector shows up. That's right. The, uh, sorry, the, the inspector shows up the apartment up. as she's like freaking out and running through right. the apartment. Like, so what the, the inspector, fuck is going on? So the inspector shows up and he's played by Jacques Marin. He shows up and he tells her that her husband has been murdered and that mm-hmm. he was found. Um, he was thrown off a train and he only had like one bag with him, which was a Lufthansa bag, which was super mm-hmm. glamorous. I love those bags that are leather and they have the little metal feet on the bottom. Yes, they're super so cool. cute. And it had like a series of things. Like Birkin bags are made that way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so it had like a series of things in it and, um, it had just some random stuff in it that Mm -hmm. they couldn't figure out what was going on with it. So let me see. There was a list of what was in the thing. So it was a lot of random stuff. It was a lot of of random things. So envelope with some stamps. on. Yeah. So there was a letter addressed to her, um, a ticket to Venezuela and multiple passports in different names. Mm -hmm. So then she's just like, what the hell is going on? Right. So then Mm -hmm. there's at the funeral there. Um, it's just her Sylvie, the detective. Mm -hmm. And then these three dudes come in, these three menacing people come in. Um, she had to identify the body first. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. She did identify the body. Uh, yeah, and they were and, like, "Did you love him?" Which weird question asked. She's like, "I'm cold. It's cold yeah, in here." Yeah, it's very strange. Um, <laughs> and then so they, so those three dudes come into the funeral, and they, um, 
they test to make sure that the body is actually dead by various means. In three different ways. Three different ways. <laughs> um, by the way, I want my funeral to look like that. I want nobody in the room but a lot of chairs and just one person weeping over my body. And then I want to be put buried okay. in one of those boxes that has the corners for my arms. Like I'm a vampire. Okay, do we, should we get like the old ass record player with that weird song? Just yes. like cracking along? Okay, and good. I, okay. But then I also kind of want, I also want that and then I also want the funeral from the movie Valentino which had like a giant blanket of flowers and then a la Nazimova oh throwing God. herself over the um over the casket so one of the yeah. T- so yeah anyway um maybe a, a hybrid hybrid, a hybrid of the two. yeah we'll kind of i'll work on that okay uh, yeah a big i want a big room that's sparsely attended but then one person losing their mind professional <laughs> weeper okay yes but okay. In, a, in a in a full elegant oak couture gown just yes just and a, kind of draped over your casket maybe oh you want her on the gown or me uh, well, you could be in it, and then you could be in one, and then she's as she's sleeping, she's wearing like a long train that like fans over the stairs, like an altar, you know? Oh, and she wait, can, you know, she like something out of the cell, you know what yes. I mean? Just kind of- she comes in and she's wearing a veil, a full black veil that's floor length, and then it trails yes. all the way to the back of the room, almost like she's getting married, but it's all yeah. black. And then she just comes and throws herself down and weeps, weeps at your coffin, but it's like echo, like just uh, yes. echo style presentation. And then she threatens yeah. to kill herself over my body, and then they have to pull her away and like then sedate. Yes, yes. yes. Okay. Well dressed attendants in like full 18th century garb yes. pull her away. <laughs> the wings and livery. everything. Men in livery. Yes, your footman, your footman, come and take her away. <laughs> I think we're having a nervous breakdown. This is like we're actively having a nervous breakdown. Okay, so we've only gotten to the funeral in this part of the movie. <laughs> so after the funeral, that's when she's summoned to, summoned to the U.S. Embassy by Her, um, mm-hmm. Hamilton Bartholomew. So that's when he starts telling her about how um, uh, Charles was involved in a plot to that mm-hmm. they ended up stealing $250,000 of gold from the French resistance during World War II. And he was involved in that situation with uh, three other men, four other men, actually, who is Tex, mm-hmm. uh, Tex um, Herman Scobie, and Leopold Gideon, and then Carson Dial. Uh, so it was the five of them. They stole the money, and then they ended up, mm-hmm. um, then Charles double-crossed them all and stole the money. So the three survived, so, but Dial was actually killed in the, um, d- um, during the mission and all that stuff. So. Mm-hmm. The so they the three survivors are coming back to try and get the money from him, and that's why Charles was murdered. Um, and that then <laughs> Bartholomew tells her that she her um, life is in danger because they everyone believes that she's the she has the money. Um, so uh, what she goes back home and she's despondent and she's scared and doesn't know what to do. And that's when mm-hmm. um, Peter Joshua shows up again. And then he helps her get checked into a hotel. And then they're like, okay, well let's um, let's like try and figure this out. And then, so they end up hanging out and all this stuff at the, then they hang out at the, the nightclub where they play the uh, citrus passing mm-hmm. game. And then that's where she first starts. <laughs> me- <laughs> that's when she meets up with, um, she gets kind of accosted by Leopold played by Ned glass during the game. And then she kind of like panics and runs yeah. out of the room. And then she tries calling, um, she tries calling uh, Bartholomew in the phone booth, but then she's interrupted by Tex, who's played by um, the super duper creepy James Coburn. Um, oh my God, yeah. So menacing. Um, I find is. him more menacing than Scobie, and Scobie had that weird claw hand. So, anywho. Yes, I so know. she's yeah. like. It was worse than the next. I know. So then she. Uh, so she, then 
he threatens her and then leaves her because he's like, I need this money, so you better find it. Um, and then, so she goes back to the apart the hotel with um, Peter Joshua, who's not staying, who's staying in the next room. But then she's when she gets to her room, she's attacked by um, by mm-hmm. Scobie, who has a claw hand, and he's played by George Kennedy. Um, no relation to the real George the Kennedy. Other one. Uh, the, yeah. other, the other Kennedy. The other Kennedy. The one that was assassinated shortly before this movie came out. <laughs> yes. So, he, uh, so Car- um, Peter Joshua fights off um, Scobie, and then he ends up escaping. And then he, it turns out, then he's like, okay, hang out in, my, in, in your room and like lock all the doors and all this stuff. So he goes, jumps across some uh, balconies to try and find the dudes, and they're staying down the hall from them, and they're all together. Mm-hmm. Turns out that Peter Joshua knows them and like is talking to them about like, why are they trying to screw up them? Because it turns out he's working with them to try and get the money from her in order to yeah. return it to them, but they're getting impatient. So they're going after him, going after them in a kind of a big way. Um, anywho, so some, a whole bunch of stuff ensues and all this cat and mouse stuff happens. And then, um, do do do. Uh, so then it turns out that she finds out, um, or Scobie tells her that um, he's in on it too. So that mm-hmm. he kind of kind of reveals his thing. So then she's like, "No, I don't really know if I should trust him, or should I tr- not, um, not trust him?" So she yeah. ends up trusting him despite all the evidence against him. And then he tells her mm-hmm. another story that he's actually, um, you know, he's. Dial's brother um, and he's coming to get the money back from them or avenge his death and all that stuff so she trusts him and then they go and do their thing and then uh, Scobie ends up getting murdered while they're trying to find the while they're confronting each other about who has the money and then um, they end up hanging out some more and trying to figure out the situation and then uh, Gideon gets murdered the next later that the next night Mm mm-hmm and then what happens is is that um, then Tax kind of leaves the hotel is like I don't know what's happening, and then he ends up calling Reggie Regina, and he's like, mm-hmm. by the way, Carson Dial doesn't have a brother, FYI, and she's like, Oskedios, and then um, she calls um, was did Tex call anyway? Someone called her, either Tex or um, a lamp, um, Bartholomew called her, and so she doesn't know whether or not she should. Um, she should still trust him, but then she chooses to trust yeah. him anyway because he's just so pretty. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so then they go, uh, I know, right? Um, so then they go and they're trying to figure out the deal and they're going through all the, um, going through all of his stuff again to try and figure out where anything is, where wh- the clues and that sort of thing. And they realize that his his appointment book was missing and then that text had stolen it. So they're trying to figure out mm-hmm. where, what was the, the, what was the last appointment that he had? And then she remembers it while she's trying to do her job. And she, they figure out that it was, um, the, a park on a Thursday at a certain time. So they go mm-hmm. to the park on that Thursday and they see that Tex is there as well. So they're kind of hanging out with him as um, kind of tail him a little bit. And it turns out that right. that park has sort of like a stamp collecting, bizarre if you will kind of like a farmer's market mm-hmm. but for stamps you know for all your stamp collecting needs so they <laughs> then while they while they're in there tex realizes that the stamps on the letter must be where the money is 
he must have saved the money um, or he must have stole, um, used the money to buy very expensive stamps and that's where the money is. So then he races back to the, nice. um, races back to the hotel and then that's when um, Peter Joshua Cary Grant realizes that as well too. So he then rushes back to the hotel and then they, um, they both realize that the stamps were torn off the envelope and they're missing. So then they, they realize that um, Regina must have known where the stamps, must have known that the stamps were worth money. But mm. turns out that she did not know, and she actually just gave the stamps to little Jean-Louis because he was super in love with stamps. And so yep. then they rush back, or um, Peter Joshua, so Cary Grant realizes, finds Audrey, and she's like, oh, I gave him to, or no, she's still at the stamp thing and runs into Sylvie by right. herself. And then they re- she realizes that the stamps must be worth a fortune. So then they go and try and find um, little Jean-Louis. Turns out he sold them for like mm-hmm. a bag of stamps. And then they go find the guy that they that he sold them to. And then he tells her how much they're worth and all that. So then yep. she goes um, to try and find... Uh, what's the deal? Oh, she... I forget. Anyway. So she <laughs> is convinced... Oh, that's right. She goes back to the hotel. That's right. That's what it is. Sorry, I watched this movie several times, but it's so complicated. <laughs> it she is. goes back to the hotel. Really complicated yes. Too. So she goes back to the hotel where she finds Tex dead, and he had written the mm-hmm. name Dial right next to right next to where he was dying. And then she's yes. convinced that Peter Joshua, that Cary Grant, is actually Dial. So she freaks out. She calls Bartholomew. He tells him to meet her. Um, to at some place, so they go to meet her, but she's like, uh, so uh, P- Carrie Grant refines her, and they starts following her. So she has to like, like try and dodge him and all his like weird mm-hmm. ways through the through the subways and all this shit. And then she finally gets there, and then he get fi- he she finally gets to where Bartholomew is, and then that's when uh, Carrie Grant gets there, and he's like, wait, that's actually Dial himself. So it turns out that. Yeah. Um, Walter Matthau was actually Carson Dial. He didn't die during the plot to steal the money. Mm-hmm. He ended up dying. He ended up getting just injured and then spent some time in a um, in a Nazi prison camp, which that sounds terrible. Um, yeah. So then they have this whole thing where she doesn't know who, if he's telling the truth or not, and then that then. Walter Matho does admit who he is and then mm-hmm. there's this whole shootout and then this chase sequence and then she ends up in a theater which was like what a way to go right yeah. um, this very grand vintage um, French theater and she's hanging out in the little box where they give cues to the um, as hiding in there where they give cues yes. to the actors and she he's Walter Matho's on the stage and creeping around and Cary Grant ends up underneath the stage and he and f- guesses at which trap door he's standing on and he releases the trap door he falls down and he mm-hmm. dies from the fall and then the next day Cary Grant and Audrey Hepburn go back to the UN to try and return the money but it turns out that Cary Grant is actually the guy that was looking for the money the entire time um, named Brian Cruikshank he was a government yep. official and he was rec- um, responsible for recovering stolen property and then she's like she's like oh my god just like that <laughs> And then he proposes marriage, and then she's like, "I love you." And then they, um, the movie ends. The end. The end. The clunkiest recap I've ever done in my life. No, 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 it's fine. <laughs> it was good. Let's. The end of this movie gets a little clunkaroo. I mean, because it's. Like, I mean, it's you like know, super. Marriage. Yeah, well, yeah. that. But I think there's just a lot of back and forth too. With like, who's? Yeah. There's so much like who you never know if Cary Grant's like a good guy or not until the very, very mm-hmm. end. And it's, it's actually like a cool little caper. I really enjoyed it. 
I, I liked it too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Kathleen. So what's, so, uh, Kathleen. So what, <laughs> um, what's your favorite looks in this movie? We should talk about what to keep your eyes peeled for. Oh gosh. You know, it's, um, well, first of all, there's not a whole lot of like glam looks. Although I, one could argue she just looks beautiful and elegant and glamorous in every shot. Mm-hmm, but like as yeah. far as like formal wear, she has her little dress um, that she wears, like a black dress that she wears when they go out that one night. But otherwise, she's in like a lot of very beautiful tailored coats and mm-hmm. dresses. Um, probably one of my favorite ones, even though it's kind of funny, is when she's like, quote unquote, in disguise. And she's wearing that adorable pea coat with a little like babushka like scarf which women used to wear those a lot more like it it, i feel like when you look at that it's like oh that's something an old lady would wear but like back in the day like when you watch a lot of these old movies because so many women had like done hair it was pretty common to see like even teenagers like wearing a little kerchief scarf under their chin or maybe tied behind like behind their neck or whatever but i loved how it was like all matching and she's like i'm trying to be in disguise meanwhile she's the most stunning person walking down the street with her giant glasses on she's always like movie star in disguise but i love that coat i actually would just i love the coat the glasses i love that whole look um it's just really beautiful and she she just if even if she didn't have like the scarf on she could just you could wear that coat right now pretty much so good in fact just the trench coat game in general was pretty good in this Mm -hmm. there's a lot of i guess because this movie takes place in autumn in europe yes the outerwear in here is amazing you could wear it today and a lot of the suits that the men's wear or the men wear are great um i guess that would probably be my favorite i also really loved the uh, what she was wearing at the ski chalet um, oh top, my you know, because god it was just so it felt so forward but yet at the same time it had such a like almost religious look to it mm-hmm. but um yeah that look was brown towel with the matching gloves i it just yeah so it's like that's what you see her in up top and so it's just it's really great and then i guess so yeah, I guess that would be, and then the other, I guess I'm gonna give like three. I really loved the one where she had the red coat with the leopard hat. Oh um, yeah. And, and the, that's just yeah. such a great combo, like leopard and red when it's done right is just so good. And again, timeless. Um, and that yeah. was one of those hats that kind of like came to a point. Oh yeah, um, it was almost like a gourd. It yeah, it, had, like, well, gourd it, I tell it. you, it reminded me of like a mini Pope hat. That's what it had <laughs> but a in leopard. Or, like, or like something that like, uh, like it look it looks ecclesiastical like something mm-hmm. from a, a religious painting from a long time ago like it had that to me that's the feel and maybe because she already has that that like long swan neck and that beautiful profile that she she cuts a figure like one of those portraits of like queens or women from like from that time would wear like the henans and stuff like that she has that look to her already yeah um, Anyway, but yeah, so that would be mine. What about you? What are you? I mean, well, I mean, the first I gotta say, the glove game in this movie is on fire. It's crazy to think like this is how women dressed all the time. I love that she had like I I don't know if it's the same pair of gloves and she was just using them and everything, but it was like a pair of white leather kid gloves and all of her coats had like three quarter three-quarter length sleeves and they were slightly mm-hmm. open so she could really get the gloves in there it was like she just had beautiful gloves in this movie and it was just stunning and then i do i agree with you the ski chalet look was is astounding because it's like a tiny little cropped almost like trapeze mm-hmm. looking jacket it, that's it i looks think like, like a today yeah it's but it's like a low forward. pile fur it's like mm-hmm. i want to say like it's either maybe it might be beaver i can't tell but like it's so beautiful and then that like you're saying that cowl kind of 
and she has like mm-hmm. sunglasses, big giant sunglasses on, and they they pan over from the mountain to her, and she's just sitting there, just like eating, and it's yeah. it's just uh, it's just a stunning like that opening shot like alone is like it's pretty incredible. It, it 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 pulls you right into the movie right away. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic, and like that ski chalet with the indoor swimming area. I just wanna I want to live in that swimming. Yes. area. I want to go. Like let's plan our next vacation to Switzerland so we can Ugh. stay in that thing. Yeah, I know. And they had the indoor th- pool, and they're just like everyone's Ugh. splashing around and then they walk through and there's like that giant door that's just open and people are like in their bathing suits just lounging around i'm like bitch you need to close that door close that door because it is cold as fuck out there yeah you're like what is going on and i want to be there yes oh my god oh you got if you want to do that you should definitely go to iceland because those like those the hot the hot springs and all the pools and stuff are amazing because you're like in this outdoor like hot hot pool and you're just out there and you're staring at like a like a snow covered mountain it's that is kind crazy. of amazing and oh well because we went because i went to we went to one earlier this spring for my birthday and it was amazing because we were in one that was connected to a lake so you could actually like you were in the hot tub or in the hot springs chilling out uh-huh. and you get too hot you run on the dock and you jump in the water in the lake and you're ice cold and you like kind of shock yourself and then you come back in it was it was oh so my God. much fun I would just do that all and we day. were and we were chilling out in one of the hot tubs and all of a sudden it just started like dumping snow really like hard what? for like five minutes and then it went away it was just the oh coolest God, thing it was so awesome and then a bunch wonderful. of then a bunch of really hot dudes who look like vikings showed up and i was like wow you really know how to do it iceland wow <laughs> is this what heaven feels like i was like wow hide my boner um <laughs> Anywho, so, uh, but other looks in this movie. (laughs) Well, folks, good night. (laughs) (laughs) Now that I said boner, you know what that means. It's time to get going. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, but back on the looks though for that I love for this movie I really love her mustard yellow coat that she wears in the final yes. chase sequence yes super duper cool really I love good. the cut really strong, on that too because sure. the it's got that like 60s kind of like built in almost like raglan um, raglan-esque kimono sleeve built in it's got it's not yes. like a set yeah. in armhole it's like it's an got all the one seam piece. on the top so it's like all sculpted really it's beautiful really cool I mean the wool Gorge. the wool and suiting wool suiting that he used in this movie for all of the outerwear that was like built over all of the dresses that she was wearing Mm -hmm. which I just love that coordinated separates that they did in the 60s 50s 60s and some into the 70s with that like you know you'd buy the you'd buy like a series of dresses and then you buy it in the same same shape so you could wear like outerwear over it that coordinates Mm -hmm. and then you dress it up with like a different colored glove or a different colored scarf or something like that to like change it because the outerwear could have passed for sportswear too because there's so Oh, beautiful. Absolutely and gorgeous. Just she had like really flattering. Yeah, exactly. She I think she had a very the red the red jacket she had that she wore in the yes. the opening scene that you were saying with the leopard hat mm-hmm. that she wore it similarly again with the egg hat. Um yes. or a, di- a similar one, a similar one I but thought a it different. was a repeat but it's it's actually different. And I yeah, was that mildly one disappointed because it would have made more sense if she had repeated a little yeah. bit versus having something brand new in every and then at thing. least she could have like changed the hat to make it look differently or something. Right. But that one right, had yeah. the one that she wore when she smashed the ice cream into his suit had way more buttons than the <laughs> first one. Yeah. Which yeah. I'm not opposed to multiple buttons. Like just no. go for it. No, um, the, even the buttons on the coats are gorgeous. Uh, like everything no. is 
re so refined and uh, just really flattering. Uh, like the hemlines, like where everything hits on her is just it's gorgeous but yeah, yeah i love you mentioned that yellow coat it's so um it's so great too because i feel like it's one of those iconic pieces because it's worn during such a critical part during the film and for a long part of the film yeah so it's like it becomes very like symbolic and she's this like golden yellow in a sea of like very like neutral colors um and it's really it's really cool i love yeah. that color play and I really love the the gal the dress that she was wearing during the uh, the nightclub scene where they were doing the citrus mm -hmm. game too. It's like a black gown that had like a little bit of Beautiful. a peplum that's all beaded mm -hmm. and sequined, and then the hem of the skirt was done in the same way too. So it was really and didn't have like the little jacket that went over it. Yes, at one point it she's, did. Yeah, it's like a whole. It was almost like a formal suit, like set. a sparkly yeah, or like a cocktail I don't know, not set. A, yeah, a cocktail set. Yeah, but yeah. I love that she had it, and, and it again it, elegant conservative if you see most of the women in here they're not like this is a time when like low necks were not seen a lot everything mm -hmm. was a bit more high and modest but everything's beautifully sculpted so you can see everybody's form but it's not revealing there's not like a lot of skin um but yeah i just i'm actually looking at that yellow coat right now the shade of yellow is also really beautiful too because it's not like it's very autumn. It's like an like a right. squash sort of like a ochre color. Um, mm -hmm. So even though it's yellow, it feels very seasonally appropriate. Um, and if you're somebody who's a fan of the shade of yellow, definitely check out this coat. If you're like a yellow person, because some people yeah. that is their favorite color. And it is this it's, is like it's a beautiful. warmer yellow as opposed to an mm -hmm. acidic yellow, which is yeah, nice. it's just a slight tinge of orange. But it's like a like a warm like a like a. Uh, you know, like a squash, like a fall yeah. squash color, you know, like it's, a red it's really casted gourd. I, I would yes, call this color yes. golden gourd. <laughs> yes, for yes. sure. For sure. The newest, really the newest color for 2019 is golden gourd <laughs> as modeled by our dear friend, Audrey Hepburn. <laughs> Looking sassy, she could she could run around Paris and she can also chase chase capers and stuff. <laughs> I just love it, and her hair is like like even in that scene, it's not really big or bouffanty. It's just mm -hmm. it's kind of like small, and she's got the little abbreviated pearl earrings and the black gloves, which match the black buttons and in the black purse. It's like it's following all those like rules of dress that mm -hmm. were really strong at that point, but um. Yeah, just also timeless. Like you yeah. can wear this coat today and be like, "Girl, that's a really beautiful coat." Like it's just exactly. You'd be like, "That coat's it, expensive." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're just like, I don't know if it just looks expensive. It's that yeah. tailoring, and and you're right. Like the the fabrics that they chose look so beautiful on camera. Like yeah. they're um they're not they're very they're very matte and just a slight bit of texture, and you can st still see the, like the seams in 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 uh, all of the the seams and the tailoring and everything, yeah. and it just. They, drape beautifully that's some of my favorite fabrics is actually is those sort of like really thick felted wools that they mm -hmm. were like those 1960s wools they were really beautifully yes. thick and you can like when you when you sew Sculpt with them, them and you yeah. tailor with them and then you press open the seams and then you top stitch the seams it, the fat because it's so thick the threads really sink down into the mm -hmm. fabric and almost make it look like quilting in a way without having to use yeah. batting it's just it there's something so beautiful about that fabric and it makes it, it takes it to another level that you just, that just Truly. doesn't done really right now. Like there's mm -hmm. not that sort of beautiful, like that, the, the felts you get these days in like sportswear, they, well, they just don't look like they that. They don't exist like that. The quality right. is not there. You can you know? find them though, if you go to really higher end fabric stores, but they're That's just true. not yeah. used as much as they, not in like in, yeah, in mainstream like, big box exactly. kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Even in like, I would say your mid price to higher end stuff, it, it's that quality isn't what it was at yeah. one point, you know, um, but, but, um, uh, but we can appreciate what it is 
in here. Exactly. Uh, the last piece that I really want to point out that I love mm-hmm. actually is the whimsiness of her um, funeral hat that she was oh wearing during the God, funeral, and it yes. had that that oversized almost net. It was like almost like she was wearing a cage on her head yes. of chicken wire out of that netting, and it was so big and it was away from her face, so she didn't have to fuss with like have it was like a veil, but it wasn't like on her face. It was, it was like, like sitting a away. Yeah, it was so cool. I was like, I it was cool. Netting that. pattern was so weird and like that it was a very irregular kind of yeah, pattern. And, but it was large. But again, it gave a very scale. religious look to it. Like it was kind of yeah. severe and but comical. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like I said, as a recovering Catholic, I feel like I saw a lot of little <laughs> nuances and stuff where I was like, it was almost like tongue in cheek a bit, you know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I, that was. That, thank you for bringing that up. I almost forgot because it was really beautiful, and you don't really notice it right away, like up top. And then as the scene unfolds, and they do those shots of her. Yeah, her reaction shots, yeah. Yeah, which were hilarious. But um, but yeah, you really got to see those close-ups of what she was wearing, and it was really good. Yeah, and it was, um, the men's stuff was actually really cool, too, in this. There's not a lot of, not a lot of differences in the clothes that they wore, um, but I liked seeing that each character had his own kind of nuance of that. Like, like Texas yeah. character was wearing the corduroy suit that had like the little tiny watch, like the hanging watch fob, and he had like mm-hmm. a gingham shirt underneath with a tie. Like, even though he was like a bad guy, he still wore a tie, which was so cool. Yeah, he had cool. a little bit of flair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he was like kind of put together, but kind of a dick. And um, yes. that was really, I thought he was one of the more interesting dressed men, but like the other guys, they had great suits and so they were oh really, yeah and, and and coats like carrie grant's trench coat when he's running around trying to chase her when she's in yes. a yellow coat is pretty fab like and again something you would wear today like a guy mm-hmm. like you could see like uh i was gonna say the guy that plays don draper you know any of those guys yeah. like you could see this like it looked like it looks like really nice menswear mm-hmm. um and like yeah, a, this, y- a young Walter Matthau, though, what like so interesting to see him. Look, in I'm not role. mad at that. I I like that Walter Matthau. I so think he's fun. very funny. Yeah, I I think he's charming, and I always thought he was mildly handsome. He's just a real dude, you yeah. know. But he was. I think he's very funny. I really enjoy these stories of him making Hello Dolly with Barbara Streisand. Oh that God, should be yes. a movie on its own because he she was such. A diva and we love her and we love her for it but he was having none of her shit yeah. when they were filming it and i love that like th- th- walter Matthau gives zero fucks about how that. famous you are if you're a dick and i love that that was like you know and he was and he did that with this movie grumpy old men so anyway. <laughs> love the dude he's really fucking funny he yeah was a great he was r.i.p he really was awesome. good in this movie i wish i i love that i just love that he was in this movie it's such a random like i do too when he came on i was like oh hello (laughs) (laughs) um yeah and he had some pretty good comic timing as well um yeah so um although that fall from the stage though i feel like wouldn't have killed him i feel like it would have just broken his legs but you know well it depends on where he hit and how he uh, he looked like he hit with his feet (laughs) oh Unless his unless his bones went into his brain, I just don't see how that would have killed him. <laughs> unless he but, hit his head or something, I don't know. I don't know. Um, either anyway, I'm not a scientist, so. Um, Why you gotta ruin the movie like that, Philip? <laughs> they can't do a sequel. What do you think he's gonna come back? <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I just didn't think he was dead. <laughs> just Revenge maybe he was of wind- the dial. <laughs> it was winded at best. <laughs> <laughs> He just got up and was like, ow. <laughs> ow. Sprained my ankle. He's just like that, that family guy thing where he's like holding his knees like. 
That actually would have been really funny. There was one, and then they just slapped some cuffs on him. They did what they did that one time where like Lois hit herself in the boob or someone hit her in the boob. She did the same thing. She's like, ah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Oh my goodness. I know. (laughs) So, um, is there anything else that we had for this before we head out into the world out in the streets? just check this movie out, you guys. It was really good. Um, yes. I, I don't think we have done an Audrey Hepburn movie yet. So I think this is, like this our, is our very first Audrey Hepburn movie. Yes. So not a bad so, start. Um, yeah. 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 And, uh, and, and I, yeah, and it was, it was really great. You got to see some amazing icons on screen. And mm-hmm. um, just a great movie. Check it out. It's easy to access. So please exactly. check it out, so, you guys. Yeah. Thank you so much for the recommendation, as always. Shout out. Yes, ooh, thank ooh, you. Keep, yeah. Um, love the recommendation. So we'll be doing more of those. Mm-hmm. But we got some hella good episodes coming up for you this fall, kids. Oh, so no, strap yourselves in. Um, oh, my God. It's going to be so exciting. Um, yes. <laughs> and we are actually still running our promotion. We're still giving away a, um, a copy of Hollywood Book Club, Reading with the Stars by Stephen Ray. Um, it was uh, from Chronicle Books. So uh, leave us a five-star review over on iTunes, and then we're going to choose um, next month. So the beginning of October, we will choose a winner. Mm-hmm. So um, please post a review on iTunes for five stars. Leave um, leave your thoughts, if you will. That way we can choose a winner. Uh, we got a few so far, so we'll keep collecting more so that we can you know, choose the best of the best or the most heartwarming, if you will. Um, That's right. Yeah. You're all winners. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, we are so lucky. Our dozens of fans are so supportive. (laughs) And like old movies, just like us. Exactly. So we'd love for you to stay in touch with us. So hit us up on the social meds feeds, um, old Hollywood realness on Instagram and Facebook. Mm-hmm. We have the Facebook group, OHR podcast, darlings, D A H L I N G S. It's a closed group. So just ask to join and I'll let you in. Uh, people are over there connecting on some stuff, um, sharing, sharing their experiences and if they have events in their city and those sort of things. So it's actually really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, Twitter, OHR podcast, you can email us all of your thoughts and prayers um that's t-h-o-t-s um and uh that's oldhollywoodrealness at gmail.com you can hit um check out the website old hollywood realness we um link to uh the movie if you need it and then also we link to our pinterest page which has recaps of the the, the looks on the movie so there's tons of ways to stay in touch <laughs> um and in the meantime thanks for listening to ohr Beep boop, test, test, beep boop, boop boop, beep boop. <laughs>